0: Are you ready to turbocharge your financial IQ? Hey, friends, my name is Murray Miller, and I want to welcome you and your family to the Family Business Podcast, where every episode is designed to keep you focused and on track to live a life free of financial stress, worry, and fear. Would you like to know the exact powerful money strategies that not only our immediate family has implemented, but also our extended family of thousands and thousands of people around the world? Well, then let's get on with it and let's begin building a financial wall around your family. Hey, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I am very excited to share with you an interview that I just did on the Every Day is Saturday podcast with Sam Crowley. He wanted to do a follow-up interview. We had started to talk about, does money make you happy? And he said, let's follow up with a, you know, does money make you happy part two so we can do a deeper dive. And that's what we did. So here it is. I think you're really going to enjoy this. And uh, we look forward to talking to you on the other side. Thanks.
1: All right, welcome back to the podcast, and we got uh, Murray Miller back. Haven't had Murray on the podcast in a while. We'll find out why. I think he's been traveling a little bit, but Murray Miller, great to have you back on the Everyday Saturday podcast. How you doing, buddy?
0: Oh my gosh. Great to be back. It's been way too long. You're absolutely right. And I have been traveling. I've been all over the country. Started out down in Florida. Then I went from Florida to Arizona, from Arizona to California. I went up and down the state there and finally got back here to New England and um, getting ready to go again. So yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been a crazy schedule, but loving every minute of it.
1: I love it, man. I love it. Now you got a house uh, for the wintertime and it's not going to be in the Massachusetts area. Is that a fair statement?
0: That is a fair statement. Last year, my wife and I decided to try California and we ended up leasing a house in uh, Huntington Beach, which was amazing. Um, But this year, we're going to try Scottsdale, Arizona area. We've heard a lot of great things about that. So we signed a a lease for the winter out there and we'll be heading there right after the holidays.
1: Wow, man. That's awesome. Scottsdale, a lot of friends out there. I know you do too. It seems like... uh... When people say, "Hey, I live in Arizona," I just assume they live in the Scottsdale area because <laughs> there's a lot of other areas
0: that we're going to explore, like <laughs> Sedona and stuff like
1: that. But yeah, no, it's 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 going to be exciting. Hey, good for you, man. Good for you. So, Murray, you had one job. You had one job when our last <laughs> podcast ended, and that was to remind me where we left off. Cause I told you I was going to forget 10 minutes <laughs> after where'd we leave off Murray?
0: We were talking about, and I had to look back at my notes, but we were, we were talking about, can money make you happy? And we ju- it was kind of like the end part of the podcast episode we did. And then you said, you know, Murray, let's dive deeper into this. Let's do can, can money make you happy part
1: two on our next podcast? Uh, so that's where we left off. Can money make you happy part two? I love that because, you know, Anybody that's had money, lost it, got it back again. Uh, you know, It's only the individuals, and I was one of these, that always thought if I just got money. I remember I lived in Tonawanda, New York, a suburb of Buffalo, and I would walk my dog, Petey, Boston Terrier at night, in the frigid Buffalo winter in January. And I would walk by these houses, and I saw one for sale, and it said $75,000. And I was like, oh, my God, $75,000. What would I do if I could buy a house? and spend that much money. holy! Because I was running an apartment, it was 300 bucks a month in in this house. And uh, I remember walking on a cold January evening thinking, man, if I, oh God, if I could ever buy a house for 75 grand, that would be amazing. And then later on, you know, obviously I ended up buying my first home and uh, I don't know if it's obvious, but I ended up buying my first home at the age of 24, 25 and onward and bought many homes and sold many homes since. But none of that ever made me happy. And the the more dollar signs or decimal points that were in my checking account or savings or 401k never never really made me happy. So let me ask you a question, Murray. How come none of that ever made me happy?
0: Well, I think psychological research would offer you some useful insights between the connection of money and happiness. And I think that it's not your next purchase. I think it has to do with The fact that, um, you know, the reality is we all spend money and most of us have limited resources on how much money we can spend. But when we're going to spend our hard earned dough on something, we have to do it in a way that maximizes our happiness. And I think for most people, happiness is not based around what you buy unless, like you said in the last episode, that we recorded on this topic, unless it's just, you you know, you're just trying to get above the poverty line or just trying to get above where you pay your bills and get to that next level so your bills are taken care of. Yes, that, that can make you happy. But I think most people find happiness in... I I think it's like in fulfilling work or better health or being able to be in a, maybe a better neighborhood that's safer for your family. Uh, not necessarily just because you want to have higher income, which obviously is a good goal for anyone to, to, to work for a higher income if there's a purpose for it. But I think the purpose is the key, Sam, the purpose.
1: The purpose. Yes. Um, you know, I've, I've had, uh, Many times, I know people listen to this podcast, you know, people will be thinking, oh, well, you know, I always used to think that, well, it's easy for you to say because you have money. Well, I mean, be careful what you wish for sometimes, because Mm. when you get money, you get, typically what I find is people who earn income, I'm talking, you know, 80% of the United States millionaires are first generation. So it's not like most people are born a trust fund baby or a silver spoon in their mouth. Eight out of 10 people that have become millionaires in this country did it on their own, very first people in their entire family to do it. Mm -hmm. So there's something there. And I think that, you know, when you do get it, that means that you've created a lot of value, at least the people that I've met, people who I know who are not born into money have gotten money and because of the amount of value that they have been able to deliver to the marketplace. And, you know, and so it's like, well, when you deliver that much value, I remember this guy used to sell advertising to, and this guy ran, he owned a bunch of storage facilities around Cincinnati, Ohio. And one of them had 400 units. And I said, well, how much is an average run? I said, that's oh, 80 bucks a month. So I'm like, quick math. You're like, 480? You're bringing in $32,000 a month? Oh, my God. It's criminal. Oh, my. They're just cement slabs with flipping, you know, siding on them. This, this is crazy. He goes, hey, easy, buddy. Easy. Yeah, it's nice. But when you get to this level, you encourage a lot more headaches. Okay. Yeah. So I'm getting paid for the amount of headaches I got to deal with. You know, you got zoning issues, you got employees, you got people, if they're not stealing from me, they're thinking about how to, and I mean, I, I got a lot to say grace over. Not that I don't gladly accept a few million dollars a year in income, but don't think that doesn't come without its fair share of headaches to go with it. You know?
0: Wow. Isn't that funny? I mean, I was just thinking about what you were talking about, about buying the dream home, whether it's 75,000 or 750,000 or $2 million, whatever the house is. You, you said it, you have to be careful what you wish for, because oftentimes there can be a negative side to that, such as, you know, getting yourself trapped in being mortgage poor and having to work longer hours or have a more stressful job or, you know, yeah. having your spouse have to feel the stress or, you know, you have a two family, uh, income, two income household all of those things make a difference at the end of the day and you know we always think the grass is greener on the other side the other guy's got it easy but the truth of the matter is we all have our own things that we have to deal with based on what you have happiness for me i think doing makes us happier than having i think that is probably if you look back at your life I think your, some of your happiest times were when you were doing something, not necessarily acquiring things. Although that can bring you short-term happiness, not necessarily long-term happiness. Buying things does make us happy, but um, long-term, I think what we habituate to new things, and even though they may have made us ex- that may have been exciting at first, eventually that item that's new it fades into the background. And the happiness comes from maybe just the purchasing experience. And that's what people go after. I guess that's that dopamine hit that we get when we're buying something that doesn't last. And I think the lasting memories that you're gonna have, if, if you were to take a vacation with your family and, and pick somewhere random that you guys would like to go with your, with your daughters, Uh, skiing in Colorado, and that that trip costs you for two weeks, it costs you $10,000 compared to buying something for $10,000. That thing that you buy is eventually going to fade. But that trip, those memories, that will last a lifetime. That's your true happiness, right? Well, at least that's what I think.
1: Yeah, no, I think you're dead on. Make memories, not money. And I think it's important. But with all that being said, okay, I can feel that just the eye roll coming. So I'm rolling my eyes at you, Murray. <laughs> and I'm rolling my eyes at you for this reason. I'd love to make memories. But for example, it's the holidays coming up. We're recording this podcast, middle of November 2021. Thanksgiving, Christmas, presents, all of these things, stress, holidays and parties and you know, I got to make money. It's been a challenging year and it's great for you, Murray, go off to your vacation houses and all these millions that you've earned. I don't want to have any more stressful holidays. I, I, I've, I've, This is going to be the last year I ever worry about this because I want to make the memories. I never enjoy the holidays because I'm all stressed when it comes to money. You know, what can I do? Because I think it's great that you have great memories on all these trips that you take. My memories pretty much go back and forth to work. And the occasional weekend time with the family. How can I start? You know, I understand money doesn't make you happy, and I don't want to be a slave to money anymore. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to figure this thing out, but I feel like I'm in quicksand.
0: I love it. You know, um, I talk about residual income a lot on my podcast. I've talked about it on your podcast, and building a residual income allows you to have more time for you, more control over your time. And I think focusing on that, if you just, if you were just to spend, i would say on average an hour a day working on yourself and personal growth and having a positive mindset that if you did that just for one year of your life just one year that you would be in a position next holiday season that is completely the antithesis of the position that you're in right now if you're struggling and you know again you can give me the eye roll the the online eye roll if you want, <laughs> if, you're, if you're listening to this. But the truth is, it's all within us. I struggled for a long time in my life. Go back to listen to some of our podcasts when we started out, Sam. When we talked about our childhood and growing up, neither one of us came from any money. Neither one of us came from highly educated parents. Neither one of us were, were given anything. We did this all on our own. And I'm going to tell you, that it was, it was mostly grit. It was mostly, you know, roughing it out it was it was a lot of hours it was trying to figure it out what is this formula that I'm trying to figure out that allows money to you know allows me to be a money magnet allows me to attract money into my life because I'm going to do good with that money I'm going to I'm going to make better I think considering spending money on other people I love spending money on other people. I love hiring people to do things that I can probably do myself, not as good as a person that does it for a living, but I loved hiring you to help me with my podcast. I could have probably stumbled through that and done it on my own, but your guidance, it gave me, it gave me the ability to concentrate on what I do best and know that I have someone that is going to take their knowledge and help me use that, for my benefit so that I can grow a business so that I can grow a podcast so that I can do other things. So spending money on other people, whether it's friends or family or businesses or purchasing things that are going to help me grow and expand that allows me to give more away that I find a lot of happiness in that. What about you?
1: I do and you know what it just kind of the light bulb went off in my head when you were talking I'm listening thinking you know what if you went to work on yourself an hour a day that would be amazing that means in 3 months you would have spent 90 hours working on yourself which and I mean just your mindset you know and I would throw in physical fitness as well and I know this isn't a physical fitness podcast but I never I I never regret a workout I don't always feel like going <laughs> I'm gonna be one hundred percent oste man. these fifty three year old bones sometimes you know <laughs> creak their way into the gym. but when I'm 10 to fifteen minutes in, man, I feel like I just like the mothership called me home like this is <laughs> feels this feels amazing. but it sucks a lot of the time trying to get there. But anyway, I throw in physical fitness, but the light bulb went off because what if you went to work on yourself and what if you went to work helping other people for free with the thought that you're not gonna take this thing that you're helping people with for free and and go make money with it? um, in a, in a later date, maybe six months from now. So let's just say hypothetically, it's November. Let's use physical fitness. For example, I have several clients that have gone on to make hundreds and thousands of dollars in the physical fitness space, which, oh, by the way, is a very competitive space to Mm -hmm. go try to do it in online. But anyway, um, they've gone out and they just shared on their, whatever, wherever they have influence, doesn't matter. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. And by influence, I mean, somebody other than your mom and dad watching, you might have five people following your personal page. It doesn't matter because when you're on fire, people will travel from miles around to watch you burn. (laughs) So you start showing somebody how to do a sit-up, you know, and why you freaking love sit-ups or how to do a push-up and why it makes you feel so fantastic and be honest, be authentic. Say, look, I hate these. They suck. But when I'm about five to 10 in, You know, I feel great. And this is what it does for me overall. And then what if you start getting great feedback using that as testimonials for an upcoming, you know, information or something that you want to share with other people. And then six months from now, maybe put together a little course, you know, and now when you mention residual income, you have, let's say $27 a month coming in around the clock from a hundred people from around the world that have been following you and would gladly pay you. So that starts with what you were saying, Murray, helping other people. Doing it without thinking about making money, but rolling that into some sort of residual income product and earning income. And like we mentioned with Murray all the time on the show, he's got several ways that he actually earns income. It's not just this or it's not just that. And he's a huge fan of residual income, more specifically network marketing. And I always give a plug for Murray because I think he's a salt of the earth guy. So if you ever want to have a conversation with Murray, get on his calendar, thefamilybusiness.info forward slash call. And book a call with Murray and talk to him about it. We've had several people reach out to Murray. It's you know, it's, we we did a podcast. I'm, I'll get back to what I was originally saying, but just uh, kind of like to set the standard, uh, the framework here. We did a podcast a month or two ago, all about just network marketing and how Murray and I worked together. And he was—he gave me a hard time. Murray kind of gave me rest. Gee, Sam, you don't have to sound so apologetic about you because network marketing has such kind of this negative connotation. But we did an entire podcast. Go back and listen to it probably in September of this year, October this year. And I think everybody should have a conversation with you, Murray. Just if they never end up coming on board your team to talk about developing the mindset, that's number one. okay. But number two, getting back to what I was saying, if you go and help individuals like you were saying earlier, you could turn that into a full-time residual business. Am I right? You absolutely could. And you know, it's not just network marketing that I love
0: because of the residual aspect to it. Is, it is one thing I love because of the community that you build and you can all get behind the same, the same story, the same product, the same lifestyle. So that's, that's one thing I love about network marketing is the team building aspect of it and, and just having something to move forward with as a team. But also, um, I started out my career way, way young, 19 years old, in the financial services industry. And in the financial services industry, it, it taught me from a very young age that if you just build your savings account consistently, it doesn't have to be a lot of money. You can start with a little bit of money, a few hundred dollars a month, and just start saving it consistently. If you save it in the proper manner and you take advantage of compound interest, that can grow into a, a fortune and, and can be done in a very tax-efficient manner. In many cases, tax-free, puts you in a zero income percent tax bracket, done right. So I believe in so many different aspects of building on your own personal belief, working on your own personal growth every single day, investing in yourself. And I love the, the workout analogy because I love to work out. And I found at my age, and I'm even older than you, Sam, I just hit the big 6-0. I found at my age, going to the gym to lift weights is not as exciting to me as it used to be. So I started joining fitness classes like Orange Theory and yoga and kickboxing. And you know what? I get motivated in a group and I get to meet lots of new people all the time. So just that that one class that I look forward to, that I book, that I know I'm going to have to be there and there's going to be others there. That keeps me going. The same thing, the same group mentality in network marketing, the same thing happens in the financial services arena where I'm helping groups of people, whether it's a group of teachers or a group of salon owners, whatever the, the case may be. So think your way into success. Think your way on a regular basis on how you can make just small little differences that make a huge difference over time. It's like it's like an airplane that goes off course just by like one quarter of an inch, but that quarter of an inch just keeps creeping up every single mile they go. And before you know it, you're hundreds of miles off course, right? To stay on course, you have to keep it in the in the same direction the whole time and be watching where you're going and watching those gauges to make sure you don't get off course. And that's a matter of being consistent. That's how I look at it.
1: Yeah, I love it. Consistency is tough. Uh, you know, I say that consistency is tough not to make apologies for people, but boy, when you think about ha- trying to start a new habit, I mean, About how many people you've trained, like talk about you know, when you think about network marketing, or you think about physical fitness, or you think about starting a new habit. How many people? Well, I'll give you an example. They say 95% of new year's resolutions are done by January 15th. Every year I have a I have what's called the Everyday Saturday uh resolutions funeral, and we have it on January 16th. Uh, because that's the day after all the resolutions go to die, and that's only two weeks. That's only two weeks. That's when the You know, you're wearing sweatpants because the jeans don't fit anymore. And you're, you're looking like someone poured you in a chair over the holidays, watching football and eating nachos and opening presents and nobody's really active. And then that's at your best commitment level. And most people still only last two weeks, you know? And so
0: it's not, they never were resolved. They, it wasn't really a, rev, you know, a resolution. <laughs> yeah, it was more exactly. just like kind of a wish. This is what I'd like to do. And then when it got difficult two weeks later, they stopped. Hey, you're going to love this story. I went to the Patriots game yesterday. I know you don't like when you talk about the Patriots, but it no, was against nobody, the nobody, It's
1: not me. Nobody likes the Patriots. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead
0: well, it was a Browns game and I had a good buddy of mine come in town from Ohio. Very, very successful guy and he loves the Browns and he came in town with his wife and my wife and I went, all four of us went to the game and I saw him and I said, Kevin, man, what have you been doing? You look fantastic. And this is a guy that unfortunately for him was just in a horrible head-on car collision earlier in the year, recovered just unbelievably and he's back and he's got a new lease on life. And now of course he's working out. And I said, I know you work 70 plus hours a week, Kevin. How did you get yourself back in great shape? He goes, believe it or not, I am working more than 70 hours a week, but I just started doing pushups. And I go, you're kidding me. Yeah. And he goes, no. He goes, I go, how many pushups do you do a day? Do you do them every day? He goes, yeah, I do them every day. I'm up to a thousand a day. And I, go, <laughs> I go, what did you just say? He's like, yeah, a thousand pushups a day. I said, how do you do that? He goes, well, I've broken it down. I finally got up to, I can do a hundred in a row and I do it 10 wow. times a day. And he goes, Murray, it's not just the physical side of it. I get tired. And when I go down and get on the ground and do 100 push push-ups, my entire physicality has completely changed. I get up. I'm ready to go. It's just like completely different for me. Now, he didn't do that overnight. It took him months and months and months yeah. to build up to that. I never heard of someone doing that many push-ups in a day, in a week, maybe, but that many in a day. Yeah. because he got consistent with it, right? And I think it just goes to show anything is possible if you're willing to be consistent and committed.
1: Yeah, boy, that brings me back, man, to 2015. I was in the best shape of my life. I got to get back. I was doing green smoothies three times a day. I was working mm. on seven days a week. <laughs> and by green smoothies, I mean a bag of spinach, 90% water, 10% almond milk, and I just put it in a Vitamix and blend it up and drink it. Nice. And I started doing push ups and I could only do like eight and I almost vomited all over myself. But then <laughs> I started going to the gym and this guy that was kind of virtually training me he said, Hey, work in push ups in between whatever you're doing. I don't care if it's legs, chest, shoulders, back, doesn't matter. Just drop, do push ups and it's going to, and that and pull ups. He said, Just do as many push ups and pull ups as you can, just in between, you know, when you're walking around, taking a few minutes. So I started doing 25 push-ups at a time, 35 at a time. What I found is I added 200 push-ups a day and 100 pull-ups every day I worked out. Wow. And all I was doing was five or six. You know, pull-ups are very difficult for me. I don't know other yes, people, but me too. The, me too. The yeah. most I could ever do was 17 at a time, and but by and large, even then, I would drop back down to maybe doing seven or eight. Mm-hmm. But when I but then when I got home, I just what you said. What was your friend's name that you just that you went seven. to the game with? Who Kevin. Kevin. Okay. So Kevin's story brings me back to when I would, I'd get back from the gym and I'd be sitting around in my office in the basement and the carpet and stuff, trying to just in between recording or something. And I would drop and do 30 more push ups and I got up to a thousand in a day. Wow. And I'm like, holy cow. Cause it was eight at night and I'm down watching TV, playing with my daughter and, you know, she's just watching TV. And so I dropped and did 50 more push ups and I count, I'm like, and I, so I would count them all. And if I was, if I left off at like 375, I would go 376, 377. So I knew where I left off and I kind of make a little note. And I'm like, that was the easiest thing I've done with the hardest thing ever. And it was, it was hard because I had to start doing them at about eight in the morning and stop at nine at night. But the easiest is because I only, I never did any more than 25 at a time.
0: Yep. You know, well, now, now I've got two friends that have done a 1000 push ups in a day. So I this is kind of like a challenge I feel coming on here that I'm well, going to do it
1: every to. day is ridiculous. Now, <laughs> I did I it's funny you mentioned that because I did a uh, video once I was going to do th- if I joined my 1000 push up a day challenge 30,000 push ups in a month. And I think I lasted like two days and deleted the damn video. I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is crazy. I don't want to do this anymore. But yeah. here's another thing. The old Les Brown adage, you know, you shoot for the stars, you land on the moon, shoot for a thousand pushups. If you only do 70, holy crap, you did right. 70 push-ups. Yeah. you know, that's but, what I feel. And I think, that's and when money, when, when people getting back to money, when they think, well, I want to be a millionaire, well, you know, shoot for that $10,000 a month for the first time. If you've never earned 10 grand a month saying, you know, I'd be happy at 10 grand a month is silly. Of course you'd be happy. You've never earned it before. What about if you earned an extra thousand dollars a month? You'd be Mm -hmm. happy, you know, but if you shoot for 10 and you make a thousand and you never earned that much before, especially in a residual manner, residual being defined as you're not exchanging time for money, it comes in regardless if you work or not. That's a big deal. It's like Mm -hmm. those thousand pushups a day, a thousand dollars that comes into your bank account, whether you expend time or energy or not, because the work was done on the front end and it always comes in that's a big deal. Like that's more than anybody's ever made in ever in their life without having to go to a job to do it. So I think you got to really moving into the end of this year and into the new year. If your thoughts about money, money will not make you happy. It's never made anybody happy ever in the history of the world, the memories that you can make and the stress that it alleviates and the money that you can give away and have hospital wings built in your name and mission trips funded. I mean, those are the things that make people happy. That's why you want to gather the money. So That just, yeah, that got me jacked up that thousand a day push up not only because I've actually tried it, but because when you equate it to money, uh, Kevin didn't get to a thousand in a day and nobody's going to get to a hundred thousand dollars in a month unless they make their first hundred dollars, hundred dollars in a month, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I absolutely couldn't agree more. I mean, it was just like when I, when I did that 75 heart program earlier this year I didn't know how I was going to be able to do all the things that were on that list, but I just started the first day and just did it hour by hour. I didn't think, I didn't think about the 75 days. I think I just got to get through today. I just got to drink the yeah. gallon of water today. I've got to do two workouts for 45 minutes apiece. One of them has to be outside. I've got to take a picture of myself. I've got to stick to a meal plan, whatever that meal plan is or diet that you pick, you have to stick to it and there's no cheap meals. And you have to read 10 pages a day. And with those things, it's just after a while, the whole idea behind it is it's, it's mental toughness. It's just getting yourself into this habit that you're doing the same thing. And it's creating life habits that, that are going to go on. And when, when you find yourself falling back is when you that's the challenge That we're all under is to not go back to that safe place that you used to be at before just to continue to move forward and get comfortable in your new space, whatever it is and if it's earning that hundred dollars extra a week, then eventually it's extra per day, then it's actually, you know, then it's going to be per hour or whatever the number is that you want to get to, to get you past the holiday blues of I don't have enough and I'm stressed out and my credit cards racked up in debt and I can't pay it off, I'm making minimum payments. Those things are habits that you can change. I promise you, regardless of the income that you're on right now, if you're on a restricted income because you're, you're, you're getting paid a salary and you can't see your way out of that, you can think your way out of it. Think and Grow Rich, right? Our Bible, we've all talked about this book, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, it's decades old but the philosophy behind it remains the same today you can think your way to success your thoughts turn into actions your actions turn into reality that's the key
1: yeah that is and it's got to start with that habit it just it has to start and you know the more attainable the better like you said with 75 hard uh, i know a lot of people gone through that program it ain't easy at all and but mm-hmm. that but you said the exact same thing everybody else said about it too you just you start with what you can do right then and there Mm. and just get into the process. You know, how you really enjoy making money is how you make it. You know, if you earn income, just going to a job that you don't like, you're not going to, there's not going to be a lot of just happiness tied to that. But when you earn income serving other people, adding tremendous value with something that you're really passionate about, I don't know about you. It makes me feel a lot better. You know, like Mm. helping a guy like you launch a podcast makes me feel a hell of a lot better than trading the money for, going and just doing some random thing that I could have got paid a lot of money for but I didn't even enjoy it and I didn't even believe in it you know so I just think there's different ways to earn it that also makes you happy you know what I mean
0: I couldn't agree more I mean that's it's I mean we're we're both on the same page here people people get stressed over you know I mean money stress is the probably worldwide, easily, the most common things that that people are stressed over, it's it's money and it's health, right? Those are the two main things that worry us the most, I think, in life. And then of course, relationships and, you know, personal things that come from from that. But um, if you can conquer the money thing, based on mindset, I think everything else in your life gets better exponentially.
1: Yeah, agreed. Leave it at that. I love it. Um, Hey, there's a button on Murray's site called Wealth Coaching. Go ahead and click that. If you want to book a call with Murray, thefamilybusiness.info. Click on Wealth Coaching or just go to thefamilybusiness.info forward slash call. And uh, I always send people to Murray because he's the money... Man, um, you can hear on the podcast. That's why we have. That's why we have him on the call. So, Murray, any any anything else? Did I forget anything? Did we do Did we do okay picking up where we left off? I think we did. I think
0: we did. I think the next time we we get together on this, we'll talk about some of the most common topics that I see people asking about online. I mean, if you Google it and say, "Hey, what are the what are the most uh, googled um, you know concepts or ideas or questions about money?" I think it, it boils down to like how am I going to pay for college? You know, how can I lower my taxes? How can I get the best mortgage if I'm buying a house or other real estate or commercial real estate? Or you know, how do I protect my wealth? Estate planning, uh, retirement planning, investing—all those things come up. And I think we can continue down that path because people love just having just little tweaks to their financial plan and what they you know what they perceive as the, their way to
1: create an abundant future for themselves financially. Are you going to make a note about everything you just said? Yes. Make sure we bring it up. (laughs) I already did. (laughs) Okay. Uh, That's great. No, seriously, that's great stuff. Murray, as always, so great to have you on the podcast. And we won't wait this long before our next podcast. So we'll make sure we get another episode. All right, everybody. Hey, from Murray Miller, it's Sam Crowley. Have the best day ever.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Family Business Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how you can join our growing family and begin implementing the success principles to building a financial wall around your family, you can go to the familybusiness.info forward slash call and you can schedule a call with us because we have saved a spot at the table for you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your family and the people that you care about. And we would love it if you would take a second to give us a five-star review to help future family members just like you find us I leave you with this in life you don't get what you deserve you get what you believe plan and expect let's do this